time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. So I wonder if you're kind of like me, where you find yourself sometimes running loops of thinking in your own mind. <laughs> that's, that's what we're talking about, these running loops. They're our thought process. First, I want you to remember something. Our thoughts are what are creating our feeling or our emotional state. Sometimes we think that our emotional state is what makes us think a certain way, but it's really the opposite. You think about things that make you feel a certain way, which can cause you to act in certain ways, which is a little bit of a a shift a lot of times in what people think is going on. So as we think about that, we understand that those thoughts are partly just the loops that we play over and over. Have you noticed that where sometimes we go through the same scenarios over and over and over again, which can either take us to better places or not so great places. And if they're taking you to better places, no worries. But if they find, you find yourself that they are bringing you to lower places, that's really what we're talking about. So the other day, I was out walking my dog, as I do pretty much every morning. <laughs> A couple of exceptions this year have been really nasty weather. But other than that, he and I go out on between a four and a four, four and a half mile walk, depending on the route we take. So as I was walking along, I started thinking about something. I, I was listening to the news and it triggered a thought in my mind. And it was a thought about a, a kind of a memory I had about an event that had happened that had really upset me. And as I started processing that, I kept thinking about that event and I kept looping on it and retelling myself the story of what had happened. More than that, I started thinking about what could have happened, how it could have gone a lot worse. I also thought about the things I could have done differently, should have done differently in my mind. I, you know, if I could just have done this or things I could have said or a, a lot of actions that I could have also have done. And as I'm doing that, the place that I realized I was doing that is because I began to feel my heart racing. And I realized all of a sudden that I was holding tightly to the leash. My poor dog, I mean, I don't think he was pulling him hard along, but you know, he, he was getting a harder, tighter grip than I normally have. And my hands, my palms were sweating. And I realized that my breathing had become a bit uh, more kind of harsh. It was in my chest, not in my stomach anymore. What I also realized it where my whole body was tensed up. What was going on? Well, I realized that I was ready for a fight. I was ready for the furtherance of that story that was going on in my head. Because that really is the interesting thing about that. Nothing had changed on the walk. The news I was listening to, it's the same old news. I mean, you can get wrapped up in the news and think lots about that and upset yourself about it. But it's the same old no- news that I listen to you know, every day and hear the stories every day. Change the figures, change a little bit of the news, and it's pretty much the same story. So it really wasn't what had happened there. Nobody had run up to me and threatened me as I was walking along. Nobody was even around. No, do- no cars were around, no other dogs or people or anything else that was putting me on alert except for one thing, what was going on in my head, in my mind, in my thoughts. And that's the interesting thing about these loops. They don't have to be tied to anything actually going on around you. Sometimes they are. But a lot of times they have nothing to do with anything around you as much as your looping thoughts, the stories you loop 
on and on. The stories we all loop on and on. Think about it this way. In music, they talk about music loops that you play as the background. You know, you can buy a music loop that'll just play continuously in the background, giving you a rhythm and and some music that you can then add uh, for yourself. Let's say that uh, maybe you're creating, I don't know, some rap or something. I'm not a rap expert, but you want to have some sound behind the word you're saying, the word you're singing out. And so you have this musical loop that goes on and on. And, And that's kind of the analogy. Yeah, it goes on and on. (laughs) It'll loop and loop and loop, and it's playing the same thing over and over and over. And maybe, maybe it's even getting louder and louder, right? It's getting more and more attention, but that's the same thing that happens to us. We're replaying events and stories. It's kind of like you hit play and it just keeps on going. Now, it doesn't matter whether it's a big event or a small event. When we get caught in those loops, They draw us into an emotional space that may have nothing to do with what's going on around us. Have you ever had the experience where, you know, you find yourself looping on the story and looping and looping and looping, and you finally realize that you're not thinking at all about what's going on actually around you because you're so lost in the story and your emotional response is based on that. And so then someone comes up to speak to you and they get your emotional response to the loop in your head, not to what's coming at you at that moment. Have you ever had that? You've been riled up by something? You know, I, I remember lots of times with our young kids that you know, they would have a frustrating time and they would be very frustrated and very emotional and I would get wrapped up in the frustration and emotion and I would be thinking about what they had said or what was going on and I was all upset and I suddenly realized that they no longer were. <laughs> I was still upset because I was still thinking about it. They had long ago let that go and gone on to play and do other things. It's kind of a learned behavior we humans do. Over time, we start thinking more and more about that. Instead of releasing them like kids do, instead of letting them go, we replay those events and we replay those stories over and over. In fact, it's what I noticed a lot of times when I was doing therapy that people would come in and they would often tell me the same story over and over. And what I was trying to help them do was to kind of play that same story differently. Think about it from a different perspective sometimes. But what I really was hoping to have happen is that they would stop playing that same thing over and over and get more into what was going on in this moment right now. When we get stuck in the mental loops, they replay over and over. The interesting thing about that is it disrupts our natural biological process of dealing with these events. In reality... Our bodies can clear the physiological response to something emotional in 90 seconds. 90 seconds, thereabouts. Think of it as 90 seconds, just roughly speaking. I realized that day when I was out walking, there I was all kind of riled up when nothing had happened. My dog was calmly walking beside me. It was sunny outside. It was very pleasant. Uh, Nothing had happened except for my own loop in my head that I had gotten wrapped up in and let it go on and on. And when I finally realized it, when I finally was able to pull back from it, I remember thinking, okay, it's going to take a little time before that stops. And so as I walked along, the adrenaline is still pumping through my body. My body is still trying to process all of that. But sure enough, about a minute later, a little over a minute later, I was back to normal. My heart rate was down. My breathing was fine. My palms weren't sweating anymore. My leash uh, was a little looser in my hands. Everything had returned to normal. In biological terms, 
That is the difference between an aroused state and a non-aroused state. Arousal has nothing to do with being sexually excited. It's aroused like your body is revved up. It's awoken. It's ready for action. Or non-aroused, meaning it's at a calm state. What revs it up is that adrenaline response. Getting ready for some action. What calms it down is when that adrenaline processes through. That's the 90-second physiological clearing that happens. Now, in an animal, you can see it all the time. If you've ever walked a dog and they've got all riled up about something, you get away from that, you walk a little bit, and they're all calm again. Uh, My dog has uh, a beef with two dogs in our neighborhood. Both of them have been kind of mean to him in the past, and so we stay far away from them, but he still gets riled up. And it lasts about a minute. I get past those people, and I see, or those dogs, and I see him calm down immediately. The same thing happens if you watch those animal shows, you know, where the, the animals are uh, there getting their water at the watering hole and the predator sneaking up on them, and the chase goes on, and then the predator misses. And you'll notice that not long after that, that animal calms down. Because the difference between that animal and humans is they're not then going, hmm, that wasn't very nice of Fred. I can't believe Fred did that. I am going to get Fred next time. I'm going to gore Fred next time. Something's going to happen to Fred. I'm going to tell my friends about it. We're going to all team up on him. None of that happens, right? They just come back to a natural state. We humans have this other little capacity where we can loop those thoughts over and over and over and over, not just in the immediate aftermath, but a week later, you can go, oh my gosh, I can't believe that Fred was acting like that to me at work. A year later, you could do the same thing. 10 years later, you could do the same thing. Recently, I had an incident stirred up that didn't ha- it happened to me um, about 30 years ago, 32 years ago, I think, to be precise. About 32 years ago, I had this pretty traumatic event. Had not thought about it in all that time. It was suddenly triggered, and I realized that I was thinking about it again on a somewhat regular basis. I was back to looping on that story. Had not happened. There's been more life between when it happened and now than before it happened and then. And yet I could still recall it in vivid detail what had happened. That's a loop. And I realized that I could continue to allow that loop to happen or I could decide to set it aside when it popped up to recognize that it was a loop that was coming and decide not to be caught up in it. So when we loop, we mess up that natural 90-second rule. We disrupt it. We keep the arousal going, the physiological response going much longer. Jill Bolt Taylor was a neurologist who had a stroke. She wrote a book, uh, A Stroke of Genius, and she talked about her experience. And when she realized, because of the physiological changes, that she could actually see where she was holding on to the emotions. So her research showed that there was that 90-second rule. In fact, she calls it the 90-second emotion rule, which means that when something stirs your emotions... If you don't get caught up in the loop, it will naturally dissipate. The body will naturally clear those chemicals in 90 seconds. Now, why do we use that chemical analogy? Because every emotional response you have in your body has a chemical reaction related to it. 
All those emotional responses have a chemical component to them, a biochemical reaction. And it's all triggered in our thinking process that tells our body how to get in a physiological state because of what we're thinking about. So this 90-second rule, emotion rule, she says that if you continue something, let's say somebody says something to you that makes you angry. They say something, it's mean, it hurts you, it bothers you, it makes you angry. If 90 seconds pass and you still are finding yourself in that physiological state, at some point you're replaying that piece. You're stuck in the loop. So the challenge is for us to find ways of disrupting that loop. The problem is that these loops happen often, you know, so let's say that that event happens. Somebody says something to you and you immediately uh, have that, uh, that place where you're stuck in the loop. That's different in some ways than if nothing's really happening and you come back to the thought and you loop around it. But the end result is exactly the same. When you find your emotions running, we need to look for the loop. We need to find what it is that's thinking about that and disrupt it, disconnect it, stop the loop. When I was walking along, I wasn't really aware I was thinking because when we're thinking, we lose track that we're thinking. We just kind of assume that that's what's going on around us. We get lost in our thoughts, to use that phrase. But what let me know? I suddenly realized that my gut was tight, my hand was tight, I was sweating, I was tense, I was ready for a fight. My physiology told me about my psychology. My physiology was telling me about my thought process. My body's response to my emotions, I could track back to my thinking that was going on that had nothing to do with anything around me. Sometimes there's something that's happened around you, right? But this, for me, was just me finding that loop that was going on. So the first thing we do is we notice when we're having this biological response that it has to be tied to a mental loop, a thought loop. And once we look for the loop, we look for the story we're telling ourselves, the story we're playing out in our head over and over. So that's the first step. Notice the physiology when your stomach tightens, when you have those feelings that you're on guard or upset or whatever it is that you associate with that aroused state, when you recognize that, you can step back and ask the question, what's the loop I'm playing? Once you do that, note, okay, that's only a loop. That was my first thing to realize as I was walking along going, okay, that's only a loop. It's only a thought. I'm telling myself that thought loop, but it's nothing going on in reality. So then I had to make a choice, and that's the next step is to choose to stop playing the loop. I just said, okay, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to pay attention to what I'm listening to and what's going on around me. In other words, I'm going to become present to the moment, to the moment now. The next thing I had to do was switch my breathing, and this is very important. When we are getting ready for a fight, we breathe through our top of our body, our chest, The reason we do that is because our diaphragm has tightened up to guard our vital organs. It's creating a shield for our vital organs. Our chest doesn't have to do that. We have our ribs to do the same thing. So we can breathe more safely through our chest if we're fighting and hold our stomach tight than if we just breathe like we naturally do through our belly. 
So when we begin to move our breath down to our belly button, that's belly breathing. And the way to discover how to do that, lie flat on the ground or on a couch or somewhere, put a hand on your chest right over your breastbone and one over your belly button and work to breathe so that the only one that moves is the one on your belly button. Then you do that standing up or sitting down and you learn how to belly breathe that way. So as I'm walking along, I release my grip on the the leash and just to let you know, just to let you know my dog was safe, I actually wear a leash that hooks onto my waist. So he's attached to me even if I let go. So I let go of the leash. I put my hand on my belly and I made sure I was belly breathing. Because when you belly breathe, you tell your body it's okay. I'm not under risk. And it tells that part of your brain that is dumping that adrenaline into your body. It doesn't need to do that anymore. Everything is safe. So we belly breathe as a way of calming down. And the last thing is we have to wait it out. We have to wait for the flush. Once you know that, you recognize that as you're calming yourself down, it's going to take a minute and a half or so for it to flush out. So let's go through that process one more time. Number one, when you find out that there is a physiological response, you're tightening up, you're you're getting ready for the fight. You know that, you know, you're tense, your body, uh, your heart's racing, your breathing's racing, your palms are sweaty, however it shows up for you. For me, it's in my gut and my palms. When I realized that, I asked a simple question, what am I looping about? What's that loop? Once I get in touch with what's my thought, at that moment, what story I'm telling, what's the loop? Then I go, okay, that's only a loop. It's only a loop. Then I choose to stop playing the loop. And I do that by coming back to the present moment, by noticing what's around me, by noticing what I'm listening to, by noticing something else that's in the environment around me, not in my mind, but in the environment around me. As soon as I've crossed out of my mind and into my environment around me, I work on belly breathing. And as I'm working on belly breathing, the last thing I want to do is wait it out. So I kept walking that morning, got a little bit further away from that corner where I realized it. And sure enough, in less than a minute or so, my body was back to a calm state. I was all relaxed. Then I was observing the fact that I just had a loopy experience, which raised the question of how you stop those running loops. And now, you know, if this has been helpful, I hope you'll find some other ways of building your thriving life. I've got a few books about that. You can find out more by going to my website, leebalkum.com. That's L-E-E-B-A-U-C-O-M.com or visiting me at thriveology.com. You can learn more about that and find out how to grab my book, Thrive Principles. Those are 15 strategies for building your thriving life or how to find my book at The Immutable Laws of Living or my other book, The Forgive Process or my other book, How to Save Your Marriage in Three Simple Steps or my other book, Recovering from the Affair or my other book, Marriage Fail Point, all designed to help you build thriving relationships and thriving lives. This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best as you work to build your thriving life. You've been listening to the Thrivology Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at thrivology.com or at thrivologymagazine.com. Remember that Thrivology is spelled T-H-R-I-V-E-O-L-O-G-Y. It's your life. Time to live it. Thank you.